Listen, welcome to the Purposeful Living Podcast, where it's all about encouraging women of faith to continue moving forward in purpose despite the uncertainties of life. I'm your host, Lisa McPhail. Join me each Tuesday for empowering and encouraging truths to help you on your purposeful journey to victorious living. Listen, welcome to another episode of the Purposeful Living Podcast with yours truly. Listen, ladies, I'm excited that you are joining me for another week of purpose-filled conversation. And so I want to thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing with other women that need to be inspired, encouraged, and empowered to continue moving forward in their purpose. So without further ado, I'm going to get right down to it. I'm excited. (laughs) I know I say it every week, but I am excited. Y'all, I have a phenomenal guest with me today. She's my dear sister friend, fam. So if you don't know what that is, uh, just look it up. She's my sister and my family. She's also my friend. I'm truly excited to have my friend, Valeriana Chicote Bandua Estes. Did I say it right? Yeah. You sure did. Because <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm saying your name like I'm singing it. <laughs> oh, somebody, come on. <laughs> Valeriana, welcome to the Purposeful Living Podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so, I'm honored to have you with me. You are, uh, you are just phenomenal in everything that you do. You operate in excellence. And oh, I love what you're saying. And so we're going to be talking about uh, your company, Necessary Interruptions, LLC, what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm excited today. So today's episode is titled The Purpose of Necessary Interruptions. But before I go on, let me give you all a little backdrop about Miss Valeriana. Uh, She was born into this world as a refugee. She hails from the Republic of Angola. Mm -hmm. In 2007, she moved to the USA as an international student. And as life would have it in her quest to just obtain her bachelor's degree in the United States, that ultimately led her to the call of her, to call US her second home. Mm -hmm. As the founder of Necessary Interruptions, LLC, Valeriana is on an active quest to champion racial equity, work with businesses, agencies, and organizations looking to center Black liberation and operate through an anti-oppressive lens and build safer spaces for Black communities to thrive. Purposeful Living Podcast, welcome Valeriana! Yay! Hey, thank you so much, Lisa. Like, I'm so humbled. No, I'm so, I'm so serious. I am so humbled, you know, that you would even ask me, um, little old me, uh, to, to be able to speak on your podcast. You're doing some really amazing things here. So I really respect your time. And I thank you that somehow I made it on this list. So I appreciate that, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, I love how you said somehow I made it on this list. Made it list. on this list. <laughs> Well, you know, Valeriana, I'm just truly grateful to have you. And I thank God for this platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when the second season started of the Purposeful Living podcast, mm-hmm. um, 
I, you know, was definitely seeking God for his direction. And so I don't do anything without his direction. And so I wanted, um, after I, you know, received instruction, I wanted to make sure that I provided a platform for women operating in their purpose. Mm -hmm. And, um, and God gave me specifics not to go after the people with these mass followings and, you know, who are doing things, but God wanted me to reach out to those who other people may not know about mm. in this moment mm. and to champion what you are doing. And mm. so I'm truly grateful for that. And uh, with that being said, Valeriana, I want to talk about your purpose, uh, what you're doing. I wanna talk about the necessary interruptions because we definitely need a necessary interruption. <laughs> and as we know, purpose yes. is defined as the reason something exists. Hmm. And so I want you to uh, talk a little bit about how you got into this. What's your background? I know I read just a little bit about your bio, but just give us a little bit about your story because this is your purpose and this is what led right. you into you doing. You are so right. You are so right. So I will say that, in so many ways, my purpose called me long before my time. And when I say long mm. before my time, that was long before I was even born into this world. Um, and as you rightfully described, I was actually born into this world as a refugee. My family story is really a family story of being freedom fighters, interrupters yeah. of harm historically. So um, I come from the Republic of Angola. For those of you who don't know where Angola is, it's located in the central southern part of the continent of Africa. Yeah. Just want to point out, Africa is not a country. So if ever you're in conversation and someone says, <laughs> the country of Africa, that's a lie. That's a lie. You need to refute that. Um, anyway. <laughs> Come on, um, make it clear. <laughs> somebody needs to say that, you know, just some little things that every now and then kind of cause a level of irritation. Yes. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, the Republic of Angola has had a history where we were actually colonized by the Portuguese for over 500 years. Now, that is, I would say, what historians would describe as being really one of the most unique cases of colonization because throughout colonialization periods in the continent of Africa, you found that like colonial powers stayed in the space for maybe um, 50 years, maybe less than that, but Angola had um, colonization period for 500 years and so you can imagine the picture of what colonization really is. It's like, imagine existing, having your own farm or your own land, doing your own thing. And then one day folks show up and basically tell you that the way that you've been living has all wrong. And you now have to do away with everything that really is embedded in your culture, your traditions and really take on something new. Yeah. And really, um, I would say like the way most of us were raised, we kind of thought about it as colonization. It's just like, it was just a way of life. But now I think where we are at specifically because we're in a civil rights chapter, we're re reckoning and realizing like, no, that's actually an in, uh, interruption of, um, uh, of one's ability to be able to flourish. So any, anyway, long story short, Angola was colonized for this long period of time and a civil war eventually um, ensued. And that really came about from the fact that like Angola had all these minerals and it, it, it really was, a I would say our, my country is so rich in terms of its history, it's indigenous black history. Hmm. And so there are those fighting, they were fighting on the nationalism side of like, let's preserve this. And those who were like, hey, we have influences from all these outside powers. So long story short, <laughs> Many of the civilians who were left to deal with that situation obviously experienced a lot of harm because civil war 
obviously brings on, you know, the case of landmines, which is Angola's story, mm -hmm. folks who've been harmed um, through violence, those who've been killed and also experienced sexual violence. Mm -hmm. So my, my, on my mother's side of the family, they fled the war when she was around, I want to say six or seven years old, she might have even been younger. And my dad's side of his family, he fled the war when he was around in his teens, early teens. Oh, wow. And so <clears throat> they ended up um, going to the neighboring country of Zambia. And when they met and uh, as adults, and they got married, then they started a new life, I eventually was born. Yeah. And when I was three years old, um, my family had to actually flee and move to the other side of the world, which was Papua New Guinea, where they sought refuge. So mm -hmm. shout out to anyone who's from Papua New Guinea who will hear this. Yes. Um, honestly, because of Papua New Guinea being a country that allowed us as refugees mm -hmm. to reside in, in that land, I specifically was able to really you know, obtain a, a pretty rich education in terms of the world around me, yes. but also learn about the importance of championing indigenous cultures as well, because mm. uh, Papua New Guinea is one of those um, uh, countries where the diversity is rich, you know, 800 plus mm -hmm. in terms of the languages, the culture that's spoken there. Mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> when I was um, very young, unfortunately, I, um, well, I experienced sexual violence at such a young age. And I learned early on as a black girl that the way the world views advocacy, especially at that time, was not centering black girls. I knew that so early on. Mm. And I never thought in a million years that ever I would ever be telling my story or yeah. using the worst thing that was used against me to really as, as my foundation. Yeah. And um, I, I would say by the time I was in the fourth grade, my fourth grade teacher would always write on my report card. Well, she comes to class, she does her work, but she talks a lot. So uh -huh. she basically, right, working but talkative. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I always viewed talking so much as a bad thing. Yeah. And I remember my dad saying to me really young, yeah. at a young age that, you know, I think you have that freedom fighter spirit within you. Uh -huh. And it's, a, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. You need to cultivate that to really help other people. Yeah. And so that seed was sown really early on. Uh-huh. And, um, when I finished or when I uh, completed high school in Papua New Guinea, um, three months after I grew, yes. uh, completed high school, my father unfortunately passed away. He was really sick. Oh, I'm sorry to um, hear that. Um, thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa. Um, and uh, <clears throat> changed the course of how I saw the world around me because yes. my father championed so many people. He worked for the education department in Papua New Guinea and there are countless stories of people who couldn't even pay their tuition. And he made sure, especially those who were indigenous to the land, he made sure that they could get ahead. Mm. And it always, it always struck me as something that like, when you have a vision or a dream or a purpose or whatever you want to call it, if your vision or your dream only senses your well-being and not any communities outside of that, then it's actually a very small and limited vision. Ooh. So I have this idea of like, maybe when I get the opportunity to come to the United States, get an education, I can use that. And somewhere in my future, mm -hmm. it will allow me to really um, work on centering the well-being of others mm -hmm. other than just myself. Yes. And it was just something that I think that my dad was very big on, on instilling and something I also saw my mom say as well, mm -hmm. you know, growing up. And so um, by the time I came to the United States and as life would have it, I was like, I'll return to Angola at this time. You know, uh, the United States became my home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and last year I actually got married. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> thank you so much. I am still a very like, what's the word? Glowing newlywed. Yes, ma'am. Um, <laughs> yes, ma um, 
And I mean, that's another story on its own. That's a different podcast. That's this a love thing. Podcast. Oh, we got to talk about that <laughs> on another show. <laughs> oh, we really do. We really do. Um, uh, shout out to my husband. Um, hey, and, husband. <laughs> <laughs> um, who really has encouraged me to get to this place of really like, hey, do do work that is fierce, that is radical, but inclusive. Mm. And you know, long story short, um, I've worked in um, the nonprofit world for, you know, over 10 plus years and really in the movement to end violence, you know, for over 12 years. Mm-hmm. I, I actually even served in the United Nations as a human rights diplomat mm-hmm. um, for a period of time. And that really opened up my eyes to how advocacy should be more broader than yeah. just a specific community. But I also started to notice that foundationally, a lot of what has taken place in our world really still speaks to the fact that we live in a society where oppression has been the norm for so long. And when I was breaking that down in my own research, I came to the conclusion of how racial oppression actually is a vehicle that has systematically left so many folks behind Mm -hmm. and only advanced a select few. Mm -hmm. And so that's where really necessary interruptions was birthed out of. Mm -hmm. And so for me, you know, looking at my own life's journey to where I am now, I cannot say that I found it. It always found me. It was always calling me. It was calling me in places that actually didn't even see my worth. It was calling me in places that insisted that I formulate or form a a certain pattern or grain, but I knew what I was trying to do was bigger than myself. And so I realized that freedom existed in being able to create, to being able to use the vision that I know God gave me, Mm -hmm. use the vision that I know that even when I have dreams and I see my father really championing me on, even in my dreams, Mm -hmm. I recognize that there are people who have died way before my time Mm -hmm. that are literally looking down and are like, what are y'all doing here? Let's get this done. And so I see this kind of as something that in, in history, it's going to be said of this period of time, what will we, what will we all collectively doing? And so that's how really necessary interruptions was birthed. Mm-hmm. Wow. <clears throat> you know, Valeriana, you just shared, um, that was so much. And I know you, you are, you <laughs> and I are, talk so fast. <laughs> no, but it's so good because you are a great storyteller. And mm-hmm. as you were telling your story, it reminded me of another guest that I had on uh, this show, which is our great friend, uh, our dearest. Uh, I, bet, I bet I know who this friend is. Listen, we know. Miss Queen Cooper Smith, honey. She is the storyteller. Okay. And okay. I, I love how she, when she's talked about how you, we need to tell our story from a place of purpose mm-hmm. and how I love how you were telling your story from a place of purpose. And so Mm -hmm. I was hearing that and I know the listeners are uh, heard your passion by what you were speaking. And my prayer is that someone uh, may be encouraged to operate in their purpose because it sounds like you, you were just standing on your truth. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is how you grew up. This Mm -hmm. is how you knew what you were called to do. And being called to operate in this purpose of necessary interruptions, Valeriana, I want to ask, was this a comfortable place for you Oof, good question. to operate in? I would say my whole life has not been comfortable. Mm-hmm. Come on. So, you know, that's a really good question in that, you know, being born into this world as a former refugee, navigating a very difficult immigration system in the United States and only just getting my green card, um, you know, less than two years ago, um, I recognize yeah. 
thank you. I recognize, and that was a self-petition. I just want to point that out. So that was a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but I, re- I recognize that um, nothing that I have had in my life mm-hmm. has come always with a level of ease. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, it's that the beginnings of me even existing in this world mm-hmm. were tumultuous. Mm-hmm. And I think of all the things my parents had to do that was like involved safety planning. And so when I think of necessary interruptions, Mm -hmm. I recognize the fact that there will be some people who will see what necessary interruptions is about Mm -hmm. and may have a disdain, may have questions, may may feel like, oh, that's edgy. Mm -hmm. But I always look at life as, you know, when a mission or um, an idea Mm -hmm. or um, a statement Mm -hmm. that really comes out of wanting to see people win or wanting to see the flourishment of other human beings mm-hmm. it often comes at a time when things are tumultuous mm-hmm. you look at civil the civil rights movement it mm-hmm. didn't come at a time where people would just well we just want to take some extra work up and right. you know, be protesting mm-hmm. we want to we, we we want to do this because we want to see other black people live and so for me I have always known at some point in my life I will have to branch out and do my own thing yeah and I was negotiating with what the name would be. Mm. And my brother actually, uh, shout out to my brother, Palu. Um, hey, my brother, brother Palu. <laughs> <laughs> my brother really helped me condense the name, you know, because I wanted to add all, like a whole bunch of different things. But he was basically like, what's the thing that you find yourself constantly doing and you find it as something being vital? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm a necessary interrupter. And he's like, there you go. so that's how necessary interruptions actually came to be so um I would find I I really I honestly to answer your question I really think that if I had not been the recipient of someone who's experienced oppression Mm -hmm. excuse me I would not necessarily see the, the emphasis or the need for the fruition of necessary interruptions like it came because I have had my own experiences. My communities have its own experiences. And so for me, I'm like, this really speaks to the fact that we're all trying to actually interrupt harm. Mm. Those of us who are really like fighting forward with a mission that is bigger than ourselves. We want to include people in. Yeah. And, but we also want to interrupt the thing that's causing us to not flourish. And so that's that's really where that came from. Wow. I, I, I love that, um, Valeriana, about, you know, the purpose of you know, coming into your necessary interruption uh, to birth necessary interruptions, LLC. And Mm -hmm. so now I want to ask, what is the purpose of necessary interruptions, LLC? If someone is listening, they're saying, I keep hearing this word necessary interruptions, but what does it mean? So come on and break that down for us. Well, you know, the functionality of you know, my consulting firm is to make sure that businesses, organizations, individuals, community groups really center our liberation-centered approach. And that means that this is greater than just your regular diversity and inclusion trainings. It's that if your organization has been flourishing on policies and practices and procedures that really isolate and yeah. do not include, do not think of the well-being of others, this, this, this is why this consultancy exists. And so I work alongside um, uh, businesses, organizations, uh, I would say even say school institutions, you know, mm-hmm. educational institutions, 
and really comb through, work through some areas that they would otherwise not really bring to light. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes what happens is there's a revolving door, mm -hmm. the door that allows folks of color to walk in a place, you know, be wowed in. And oftentimes folks of color are tokenized. So they, mm -hmm. they'll exist in a place, but they cannot stay there long. And the reason being is that oftentimes white supremacy, mm -hmm. and when I say white supremacy, I'm talking about the system of how whiteness Mm -hmm. um, has functioned throughout our entire global community. Mm -hmm. It goes back to when we look at colonization. It goes back to when systems, orgs, and countries were sitting together and creating. Oftentimes, while there's language that says, yeah, all people are created you know, equally, mm -hmm. or, or all people should be considered equal, there were Black people were considered three-fifths of a person. And so that vehicle has moved in such a way where we see our policing systems reflect that. We see our judicial systems reflect that. We see businesses, nonprofits, yeah. you know, we see individuals and communities reflecting that. And unfortunately, what happens is it causes people who are already in a situation where they're already marginalized yeah. to be further marginalized. Yeah. And so I see my work really as bridging that gap and really a call to action that's uh, that's that's louder in that it's asking folks to not just have hard conversations, mm -hmm. but like proactively examine. Okay, so where have you gone wrong in this area? And really, like I would say, putting a spotlight on the things that people would overlook. For mm -hmm. example, something that happens in many spaces is financial oppression. Financial oppression mm -hmm. really speaks to we're paying someone who has privilege or access to privilege just mm -hmm. by default more money and someone who may, for example, you may be a, a brown person mm -hmm. and you do not have the opportunity to further your education in the way that you'd want to. Like, mm -hmm. Let's just say you only went as far as doing your bachelor's degree. Yes. You have so many lived experiences with interrupting harm, mm -hmm. with championing people in your community. By default, those things should also be considered when they're looking at you as an applicant walking into a space. So. Mm -hmm. My organization really is looking at ways in which where gaps have existed, where they have been deficiencies mm -hmm. and, and bringing those things to the forefront and, and a cause, calling an organization, a business, an org to really examine what is it that you've done historically that has been harmful and where can you change the trajectory so that it does not harm others. And in many cases, it's also that who are the decision makers? Are the decision makers really looking like the community you're looking at impacting? Because if your decision makers don't, how are you expecting your mission to flourish? Your mission will only go so far and then it will stop because it is actually very exclusive and not inclusive. And so this work also translates in doing workshops, um, coaching sessions one-on-one. -on -one. And really that coaching is really looking at those policy pieces um, that are internal in an organization, um, as well as having, you know, um, uh, sessions that really involve the entire team. Mm -hmm. So not just the decision makers, but how also how the entire team is specifically feeling or having the, their lived experiences when they're doing the work uh, alongside, alongside you. So it's multifaceted, mm -hmm. but Ultimately, the goal here is to center a liberation-focused centering, mm. uh, which, if that makes sense, in that, that anti-blackness exists, let's interrupt yeah. that. You know, mm. let's interrupt that. That's not something that should continue to move as the norm. And then we are doing the same thing and expecting different results. And I think the civil rights chapter specifically speaks to that. Oh, listen, <laughs> Valeriana, I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm nodding so hard. I'm about to rock off my seat <laughs> because this is so 
um, informative. And I believe that, especially in this day and time, right. that it's important to discuss, you know, um, our, the, the racial bias mindsets. And, you know, I think it's so important to learn about inclusive practices, you right. know, that aid in, uh, in centering uh, you talked about liberation focus. Yeah. And, and it's, this is an effort for inclusivity for, did I say the word right? In, yeah, you did. I'm you trying sure to did. be all, you know, professional. No, you could. But you for right. all communities. And right. I think about how, you know, when Jesus, when he created us, um, you know, yes, we're created and, uh, and we're Christians, but we're all created differently. You know what I'm saying? Meaning that, um, how, where we were born and, and, and the communities that, you know, we come from. And so I'm an African-American woman. And so, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about, oh, but we're Christians and I don't see color, but all I see is the blood of Jesus. And it's like, okay, I get that, but this is the body that we were created in and the skin that we have. And so I believe that we were created to understand each other differently and to understand our cultures differently so that we know how to work with each other. And I love what you're doing, Valeriana, because you're working to provide this necessary interruption with the biased mindsets. And it's like, listen, I like how you talked about how there may be a gap over here, but let's work, let's work on how to interrupt that mm -hmm. and let's make it inclusive for all. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I think the biggest piece, honestly, for me is when people say I don't see color, I, I always point to the fact that, so when you're at a traffic light, or when you're at the traffic lights, what do you see? What are the colors that show up? <laughs> so when you when you say, when people say things like, I don't see color, like my best friend is black, and oh, you know, like my, I, I, I lived near this restaurant, and we always had Cajun food. That doesn't necessarily, especially if you're not a black person or you're not a person of color, mm -hmm. um, that doesn't ne negate you not having the proximity to racism mm. because it's always around you. And the thing is, if you don't have to wake up and think about race, you're already privileged already mm -hmm. because there's so many people that have to navigate life code switching. That means walking in a room knowing if I speak in the way that I would, my culture allows me to speak mm. in this particular space that does not know my culture very well, that could land me in trouble. Mm -hmm. So you find black, indigenous, brown folks are literally navigating spaces, walking in and going, let me say this in this tone. Let me do this in this way, because if I don't do it this way, it will be seen as this way. And this could mean the end of my livelihood or mm -hmm. even my life, mm -hmm. even when they're up against, you know, speaking with policing authorities. Mm -hmm. So I think it speaks to a bigger problem that's existing. And so sometimes when people are trying to come to this conversation, they want to overly center themselves. And that is, I'm a safe person, you know, and a lot of the white folks that I do work alongside with or talk, you know, uh, in terms of like training and educating pieces. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I say is that if you already think that you do not have the, prox the proclivity or the ideation to even operate through a lens that is white supremacist, then honestly, you have been lying to yourself mm -hmm. because the systems in which we exist have always, always favored white folks, mm -hmm. always. Where we, where we live, how, how we govern ourselves, mm -hmm. how we move in this entire world, it often always favors 
white things. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, that's not to say that when I am talking about interrupting harm, I'm talking about being anti-white. No, I'm talking about being for the flourishing of all human beings. Mm. And that cannot happen when white supremacy is constantly in the room. Mm. It cannot happen. And it has to be something that collectively, as a black immigrant woman, that when I'm doing this work, the white folks who are in the room, that also calls them to know, hey, this work will require my, me as a white person examining how I have been doing life, how I have been living, breathing, moving in spaces without the second thought of how does this impact this community? When I say this, when I do this, whether they're microaggressions, whether they're things that are done through complicit, complicit acts, mm -hmm. I am moving through a, a, a level of privilege. Mm -hmm. And because of that, my other folks over here are being further marginalized. So how can I make sure that that is not the norm? So this is what this is, what it really speaks to. And I, I like that, uh, Valeriana, you know, what you're talking about and you're bringing about awareness. Mm -hmm. And I like that, you know, um, you talked about, you know, the different mindsets and how the, the training is mm -hmm. just bringing awareness to. And so now in our day and time in which we are in, a lot of companies, a lot of nonprofit organizations, a lot of people are saying, mm -hmm. hey, we need to be trained a lot of people are changing their verbiage, you right. know, um, on all of the, you know, the, whether it be on their website or the literature that they placed out before. And they're saying, Hey, wait, time out. We need to do an update. We need some training here. Right. How do we speak and how do we, um, connect with our community mm -hmm. and how do, how can we come from a place of understanding? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, with that being said, I want to segue into Valeriano what training services do you mm -hmm. provide and how can people sign up for this necessary interruption training? Because <laughs> this is so good. Stop. See, I got another class that I got to sign up for because <laughs> I had someone else on my show before that talked about, you know, diversity and cultural training and I signed up for that. So now I'm going to sign up for this. So how do you sign up? Sure. So basically the way that I do this right now, or the way that this is, working, it's that organizations, um, businesses, corporations, community groups will actually contact me and I will do a diagnosis. Um, and based on the information they provide me, because there's a form you fill out on my website. So let me start there. Um, go to www.necessaryinterruptionsllc.com or you can go to iamvaleriana.com. Mm -hmm. And so depending on what the agency needs are, my training, my workshop, my consulting services will be tailored based on what their needs are. So I, it'll start with a survey and it'll, then it'll start into some, you know, brainstorming work and then some really like, I'd say narrowing down what the need is. In yeah. some places they're like, look, we want a workshop series out the gate. That's what their need is. And I go with that. I mean, in some cases, oh, excuse me. Um, what people are asking is like ongoing consulting services. Mm -hmm. I prefer to lean into what's ongoing because while it's so good, so many places have posters, so many places have changed the verbiage on their website, it's easy to do what is external yeah. so that the appearance of what is good will be seen in the eyes of others as, oh, that's well-meaning. But what I'm looking at is really doing that internal check. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, when you're driving and a check engine light comes on mm -hmm. and you recognize if I don't handle this situation, mm -hmm. my car, my entire system will experience some sort of 
issue where the car may not operate well. So I look at it that way, that it's not even that people contact me and say, I want you to do a training. It's like, we're deficient in this area and we don't know how to handle this and we need your help. Um, and so based off of that, I tailor my services to that. While on my website, you will find an array like of different, you know, workshop training series that I offer. My, where I'm, I, I do my best work is where I'm given the space to be able to do this work for a period of time. For example, there are some spaces who've reached out to me and said, look, this is probably gonna take three months. Um, we wanna do this ongoing work and we wanna make sure all players are in included, you know, team players specifically. And so um, I think that's the beauty of this particular consulting service that I offer um, that if your agency your org, whatever's going on on your end is almost like bewildered on like where to start, I'm, I am that type of, you know, consultancy service, consultancy service mm -hmm. that will be able to, you know, do a survey, do an intake and go, hey, this right here, here's where, why you're already experiencing um, trauma around this particular, you know, conversation or look at your, let's look at your policies or let's look at where you are historically. And, you know, how's your board makeup internally and staff, you know, what's the demographics looking like? So I'll ask those, those, those questions. And then we'll go from there and I'll recognize like, Hey, this is the direction we need to go towards. Wow. Um, I really like that, you know, Valeriana, and as you were talking, um, it made me think of, uh, you know, the quote by uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. where it says the time is always right to mm. do what is right. And I right. think about this necessary interruption is that if this is right, you know, and the time is now for the training. And um, I, I want to ask you, do you find that other uh, people from different cultures that they also reach out to you? Yeah, or this, you know, diversity uh, training, um, you know, the uh, the anti blackness uh, awareness and mm -hmm. and about champion black liberation. Yeah. Do do they reach out to you? And, yeah. and what is that conversation like? You know, it's interesting of all the workshop series that I offer interrupting anti blackness is like the number one. The number one um, people will always ask me to do because basically what I do is I go through a historical kind of story of where anti-blackness really started mm -hmm. and how it, you know, it found its way really when colonization happened mm -hmm. in you know, the continent of Africa and how it moved to the Americas, you know, specifically during, you know, the transatlantic mm -hmm. uh, slave trade mm -hmm. um, and how it's impacted the United States. So it's, I don't just like, hey, y'all. Can, let's define what racism is, you know? No, it's, <laughs> right. it's really like we're, we're going through this entire story. Then I share key leaders, you know, specifically leaders people wouldn't have never heard of who've always historically done this work. Mm -hmm. And the work that I talk about really is on like radical change and that it's transformative. Mm -hmm. And so folks always will leave going, I did not know that. Oh, I didn't know that this happened in history. Oh, I didn't even realize the correlation of why, you know, um, we see, you know, um, high cases of where violence is happening specifically with this particular community. It all stems back to what happened historically. Mm -hmm. And so folks that reach out to me, oh my gosh, plethora, a plethora mm -hmm. of folks. You know, I've had like doula groups to um, domestic violence agencies, mm -hmm. to a farmer's market, 
you know, reaching out to um, uh, a organization that specifically centers um, the flourishment of, you know, Pacific Island and, and Asian folks mm -hmm. who are looking to end violence. So it, I would say it's an array of folks because I also have educational institutions reaching out to me. It really is, I would say, one of the things um, that stands out to me is that folks from different walks of life who recognize that anti-Blackness is really at the root of a lot of racial harm and just harm in general, they're looking at like, how can I bring someone in who's willing to challenge mm -hmm. everyone to look and examine at all the ways in which we've been operating mm -hmm. and look towards something that's actually even more equitable for folks. Mm -hmm. Because when we think about equity, it's really about the access. We're trying to give folks access to things that they would otherwise not have access to, mm -hmm. you know? And so uh, I think that that's the one thing that's really surprised me about this work. It's the, the organizations that reached out to me, would it necessarily have been organizations that I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go and reach out to them. Wow, wow, Valeriana. Now, let me ask you a question, because listen, I got, I'm sitting here scratching my head because I wanna ask already other questions, but this is like, this is good. And I really pray and hope that the listeners are being uh, well-informed mm -hmm. and being encouraged like, Wow, if Valeriana could operate in her purpose like that, <laughs> listen, I can operate in my purpose too, because operating mm -hmm. in our purpose comes from a place of truth. This really is who God created us to be. And so mm -hmm. I want to ask you quickly, what has some of the reviews that you received from these different corporations and companies mm -hmm. after they've received this training from right. you? What is the feedback that you've been receiving? Honestly, overwhelmingly phenomenal. I am truly humbled, you know, Lisa. I don't always talk about the reviews that I've received just because um, it's something that I know I need to work on and being able to really advertise the work that I'm doing. <laughs> um, but I will say that, interestingly enough, having repeat customers, mm. you know, having uh, people who reach out to me, specifically on social media, they'll see a flyer or they'll see a snippet of something that I'm doing and they'll connect with me. What has surprised me the most in terms of the reviews has been word of mouth, where somebody will literally reach out to me and say, hey, Valeriana, I heard you did this specific training, or there was a workshop, or there was some consulting work you were involved in with person so-and-so, or this agency so-and-so, and I wonder if you can bring it to this place. And I think what's touched me or wowed me the most has also been folks recognizing this work is vital. Like we can't just ignore it and just go every year. We'll do the one checklist thing. We'll bring a black lady in and she'll talk about race. And then we'll just kind of keep it moving. <laughs> like, right. let's be honest. That's really, you know, I've seen more folks who go, we, I want this to be the thing that's ongoing, mm. you know? And, and one of the things that I do at the end of any training, any workshop, any consulting work that I do, I always have a survey and it's anonymous survey. So I can read and learn what people are saying, you know, and oftentimes people have said, wow, I never knew uh, that about the, the um, I would say the how, when anti-blackness is not interrupted, mm -hmm. how it can escalate to death. So I basically, one of the things that I do feature in these interrupting anti-blackness trainings is I share this pyramid that I created in 2019 that shows the elite, how things can be elevated mm -hmm. when they are not interrupted. And mm -hmm. so it starts with dehumanization. So when folks, for example, if a, a black person, indigenous person, a brown a person is in a space and they're experiencing harm, the first thing that will always happen is they'll be de dehumanized. Mm -hmm. They will not be seen as being on the same level
level as other people. Mm -hmm. They are laughed at maybe because of the way their accent is, mm -hmm. um, or maybe their understanding of certain things that are happening in the English language, mm -hmm. you know, especially if English is a second or third language, or even the way their name is pronounced, things like that. Mm -hmm. And the next thing that happens is that compare comparison that mm -hmm. happens and colorism. Mm -hmm. And then exclusionary behavior and ultimately leads to the death, the death, of, whether it's the elimination of someone in a workplace, whether wow. it's their physical death, like we've seen with Trayvon Martin, George Floyd, Sandra Bland, mm -hmm. and the list goes on, you know, um, or somebody may be incarcerated. And so really one of the things, I think the biggest feature that I try to show is the depiction of what happens when we do not interrupt harm. Yes. And so this is years of me, not just like, because I got my master's degree, this is years of me doing work, working in spaces with, with folks from being ambassadors, being diplomats, mm -hmm. executive directors mm -hmm. to managers, learning really how like this actually has worked in such a way where folks cannot get ahead. Mm -hmm. It's vital that we interrupt this harm, you mm -hmm. know? And so really the reviews that I've gotten really speak to the fact that a lot of folks go, I was not obviously well-informed. I need to be a better interrupter. And someone even saying, someone once told me and said, because of your training or because mm -hmm. of the sessions that you did, mm -hmm. something came up in my, in my family setting. Mm -hmm. And I had to actually tell someone, I cannot be in close communicate community with you because oftentimes the words that you use, the language that you use to describe other black folks is so dehumanizing. Mm -hmm. And because I have been silent, I have been complicit. And they said that person's response was like, whoa, like, you know, they even had to uh, check themselves. Mm -hmm. And I look at it, 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 this as if one person walks away from these training series, from these consulting services, it is that they're challenged. It is that they can go to their own household, their community and use those tools that I share yeah. for them to do, to do, to do things right. Mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. Wow, Valeriana, this is, this has been some very good conversation and I'm truly uh, grateful that you have, you know, brought about the awareness of necessary interruptions. And so I, you know, um, I just celebrate you and mm -hmm. I, I honor you for how you're operating in your purpose unapologetically. Thank you. You know, and you are being authentically you. And by you doing that, I'm sure will help other people operate mm -hmm. in their purpose and no operating in your purpose will not be comfortable. <laughs> um, you know, it comes with some fear and then, you, okay, the drawback of what you other people think or what are they gonna say? But at the end of the day, it's not about what other people think, what you think, it's about what God thinks and about what he has required for you to do. And um, I'm gonna share a scripture at the end. Our time is coming down to an end. Mm -hmm. I have really just been listening and taking this in. I thank you because you have been very informative. And mm -hmm. before you leave, uh, I want to ask you two things. First and foremost, um, how can people connect with you? Because mm -hmm. you're all on social media. Listen, you're on LinkedIn. If they don't know, <laughs> tell us how can we connect with Valeriana and Necessary Interruptions? Oh, well, oh, thank you so much. Um, the best way to connect with me is the two websites I mentioned earlier, um, uh, IamValeriana.com and NecessaryInterruptionsLLC.com. Also, sometimes people have done this. Um, they have found me on uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. They've just typed in my whole name, mm -hmm. Valeriana Chicote Bondwa. 
um, Estes, and they found me there and they've been like, hey, here's my email. Can we have a conversation? Or, you know, I really want to um, speak to you about the consulting services that you offer. So um, I welcome a, a unique way, unique ways that are out there for people to connect with me. But the best way specifically, if your agency is like, hey, we really need to get this going. We got to get some stuff um, planned out. Um, fill out the form on the website and you will definitely be able to get some traction there. All right, ladies, you all heard how you can connect <laughs> with Valeriana. Please do. I've also posted her on my social media sites. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also going to post her again. Uh, but before you leave, Valeriana, what encouraging and empowering truth can you share with our Women of Faith listeners today? Hmm. That's a really good question. I My hope is that something in this conversation resonated with your spirit. Um, I specifically wanna to speak to those who are navigating this pandemic and it just seems like it's been wave after wave or hit after hit. And you're like, how on earth are we, am I supposed to go to a level of normalcy after this? Well, I wanna encourage you and tell you specifically, they will not be a level of normalcy even after the pandemic. There'll be a new normal. And new normals are often birthed when things are tumultuous. So my ask of you as a listener would be is lean into what has been challenging in your life. If you've been talking about seeing a therapist, if you've been talking about starting a new thing, if you've been talking about um, writing that book, if you've been talking about, you know, getting that support system together, whatever it is in your life, this is the, actually the opportunity to do so, but also you have been afforded with time. And time is not something that's always promised. I say this with a level of delicacy in that when you are navigating something that is difficult, that is hard, there are so many beautiful lessons that are happening simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Lean into that. Mm -hmm. We're going to be surprised specifically after this pandemic to find out the inventions that have been created, mm -hmm. the groups that have been started, mm -hmm. the kind of therapists that found new research during this period of time and the businesses um, that sprung forth. Mm -hmm. It's because there has been a need. Mm -hmm. And this civil rights chapter is going to say a lot of what people were doing during this time. Mm -hmm. And so my encouragement to you is what have you been doing with your time? Mm -hmm. While I understand that in this time, the hard reality has been that so many things have been happening in such a fashion where sometimes we feel extra isolated. Mm -hmm. But I'll say this to you, there's a generation that's coming that's after you. Mm. There's a generation that existed before you and there's a generation now and you're living in the now. And so I would say lean into what has challenged you. Mm. Lean into it in such a way that there will be stories that will be said of what you did with the time that was allocated to you during this period. And it may just be you ended up writing some poems. It may just be that you actually made that phone call that you never were able to make. Whatever it is, use this time wisely because honestly, the way in which we are seeing the way life is going, it does not wait for you. Mm. And sometimes we're waiting for these perfect scenarios, like, mm. oh, it'll all work out when my children are outside of home, like they've gone off to college. Oh, it'll all come together, you know, when I finally get married, <laughs> you know, and I look at every single moment that I've had to take in my life, it's when the conditions were not pleasant. Mm. They were not pleasant. The waters did not look like they wanted me to be on them, but I 
still made sure yeah. I boarded that ship and I made the decision to move forward. Mm. And I'm not saying this just because I'm, it's like a feel good pep, pep talk. Yeah. I'm saying this because on the other side of pain is also liberation. Mm. And oftentimes we don't talk about that liberation. We're always talking about the challenges. Mm. And so uh, necessary interruptions was birthed at a time where everything was the hardest in my personal life. Mm-hmm. And I recognize now looking then if I had stalled, if I had gone, I can't do this. It's just, no, it's not for me. I honestly would still be in that same mindset in my mind to where I am in this moment. Mm-hmm. What I'm seeing now has been when I took that step, I boarded that ship. I started sailing. I mm-hmm. started to notice there was land, mm-hmm. even though the waters were tumultuous, there was land on the other side. I was able to get to the shore and be, and I was able to interact with others. So my encouragement to anyone right now that it's literally like, I don't know how to make the next move or, or you find that you're just being crippled around the fact that, and when I say crippled, I'm really talking about circumstances yeah. that are literally um, debilitating mm-hmm. circumstances that are not letting you move forward. Oftentimes you find that that's actually an indication that on the other side of this greatness is your portion. Mm. So do the thing that people said you could never possibly do in this lifetime. If you were looking for your sign, this is your sign. Mm. And I thank you so much for tuning in. I thank you all for listening. Those of you are going on the website, those who are looking at looking for who I am on social media. I just want you to know this, that what I am, what I'm working on is bigger than myself. You know, it involves a body of people. And my hope is that whatever dream, whatever thing that you're leaning towards, it is inclusive and it does not exclude others. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Valeriana. (laughs) That right there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for stopping by the Purpose for Living podcast. Thank you for sharing about necessary interruptions. The purpose of necessary interruptions. And I appreciate you and all that came to me because I kept praying even over this episode. Okay, God, what's the word? What do I need to share? And the word simply comes from Psalm 118 and 23. And in the New Living Translation, it says, this is the Lord's doing and it is wonderful to see. And that's what I love about God, because all things, he has a way of making all things work together for mm-hmm. good. And mm-hmm. so uh, Romans 8 and 28, for those who say, but she didn't say the whole scripture. Of well, course. God, I'm going <laughs> to give you a task. Look it up. <laughs> Romans 8, because it's working together for the good, because you are called, uh, you know, according, you know, to his purpose. And so I thank you, Valeriana. And so with that, All my Mm -hmm. listeners know, hey, listen, connect with Valeriana. You want to hear more about necessary interruptions? uh, Feel free to connect with her. I'm telling you, she is (laughs) awesomesauce.org. So I'm going to close this out in prayer and that will be our time. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this time with Valeriana. Father, I pray that you would bless her in all of her endeavors necessary interruptions, God. Let it, Father, uh, bless the nations, oh God, as people's eyes and ears are open to this training, Father. And mm-hmm. Father, that and that we need to learn how to include all of your creation. And Lord, bless the listeners that are listening today. You know everything that they have need uh, from you. And Father, I pray that you would encourage them that on the other side <laughs> of this, is greatness. 
And we thank you and we love you and appreciate you in Jesus name. Amen. Love this episode of the Purposeful Living Podcast? Head over to wherever you get your podcast, subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Don't forget, join me next week for another Purposeful Living episode. Thank you so much for listening. BYE. Thank you.